This episode is brought to you by NordVPN. Listen up, nerds. No. Good evening, Mr. and Mrs. America, from border to border and coast to coast and all the ships at sea. What? Hello, friends. Do you have a computer? Of course you do, because it's not 1987. Hell, you're listening to this on some kind of computer right now. But do you have a VPN? Oh, (laughs) what's a VPN, you ask? Well, my friend, a VPN is a virtual private network and it offers two key benefits. Enhanced privacy and security online. But VPNs do a lot more than that. VPNs shield your IP address, change your browsing location, and make online life easier. It's all about safety and security, my friends. But, like everything else in life, it's also about watching TV. Don't let your paid subscriptions go to waste. I use NordVPN to access my home content while I'm traveling. Wink, wink. Plus, secure your connection on public Wi-Fi in airports, hotels, cafes, anywhere you go when you're traveling. There's over 6,300 servers in 111 countries, and you can find a nearby server for the best VPN speeds. NordVPN is easy to use. Connect with one click or enable auto-connect for zero-click protection. And it's got amazing speed. NordVPN is one of the fastest VPNs out there. And with just one NordVPN account, you can use it on six devices. It supports every major platform, Windows, Android, iOS, Mac OS, Linux, even Android TV. I think those are all real. Don't miss out on all the awesome benefits for using a VPN. Go to nordvpn.com ifanboy today for a risk-free 30-day money-back guarantee. The link's in the show notes. Once again, that's nordvpn.com ifanboy. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Um, you ever feel like you really need to get something off your chest? This is this this is a, like a real thing. Like, if you're mad, if you're upset, if uh, if there's something going on, like the I, there's there's often for me an idea. Maybe it's a wrong. Maybe it's a moment. It's it's an injustice. It's something that because you, you keep going on and on over and over in your mind about it, and like that can create anger and resentment or shame, whatever it is. And very often. I have found, I am not a therapist, I have found that when you let it out, when you give it voice, when you say it out loud, um, sometimes it makes you feel better because you've, you've expressed it. And sometimes it makes you realize like, oh, this is not a big deal that I've, it's been stuck in my head. So you give voice to those things um, and it can make you feel a lot better. And shock of all shocks, therapy is one of those things that can help you do that. It can help you be able to say those things in a place where you don't need to worry about the repercussions of it, work your way through it, uh, figure out coping skills, how to get around it, you know, find, find ways to deal with that stuff instead of letting it fester. Um, if you are thinking of starting therapy, uh, if anything I said sounds familiar, you're like, oh, maybe my life would be a little better if I could deal with that kind of thing. You should give BetterHelp a try. It's fully online. It is convenient, flexible. It is suited to your schedule. That's the idea. That's what they're going for. Um, you can fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. That's a big deal. You can switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. That that personal connection, I believe, to be super important. Again, I'm not a professional. Uh, get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash iFanboy today. You get 10% off your first month. That is BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash iFanboy. You are listening to the iFanboy special edition podcast on Captain America, the first Avenger. When Captain America throws his mighty shield, all those who chose to oppose his shield must yield. If he's led to a fight and a duel is due, then the red and the white and the blue will come through when Welcome to the iFanboy Special Edition Podcast on Captain America, the First Avenger. My name is Connor Kilpatrick. I'm here with Ron Richards. Hello. And Josh Flanagan. Hello. We're all recovering from San Diego Comic-Con, which is why this show is a week late. Sorry. Well, not a week late. It's like four it's days true. late. Yeah, so. 
That's almost a week. Almost a week, but still, yeah. But it was very difficult because the movie came out during the San Diego Comic-Con and we almost didn't even see it. It was very challenging, but we were able to see the movie. Um, we, <laughs> what? It was very challenging. Was like very our lives, ch- like, listen, listen. <laughs> It was hard work. You don't understand. It was hard work to go see this movie for free in the morning. <laughs> well, it was. It was touch and go. <laughs> so Actually, Captain it was hard work. It was hot out there. There were soldiers everywhere. I know. Well, <laughs> is that okay? I don't know. Yes. So Captain America vs. Avenger came out during Comic-Con. This is the last film in the Marvel Studios uh, series before we get Avengers next year. This is and, the, uh, the last Paramount distributed. This is the last of all. It was the last Marvel movie of the year. It's the last movie distributed by Paramount. Now moving forward, will be Disney, um, and the last movie until Avengers. And we saw, as Ron mentioned, we saw a screening in San Diego. I also saw it again on San Diego. Oh, you jerk! Later that weekend. Um, um, I haven't seen it twice yet. We so we saw it in San Diego. We were able. We we're lucky enough to get into. We we're all excited because okay, we're at San Diego. We got to go see it. And we're like, are we going to go at night? When are we going to do it? And then we we're able to get into what I thought was a media screening of Captain America, <laughs> and it turned out to be. PR stunt uh, arama yeah. <laughs> at the San yeah. Diego Comic Con, where where we arrived at the theater and they were giving out passes to see it at the San Diego Comic Con on on Wednesday night, a preview night. So the line for the movie uh, for the people with those passes was like it was. Very estimated long. 500 people in line. Yeah, Jesus. And then um, we were able, luckily, we were guaranteed seats because we were pressed and we were able to get in. So that was cool. So we're waiting in the waiting area, and then all of a sudden we're surrounded not only by numerous Marines and Navy types and the like, but also by pretty girls dressed up as USO dancers. It's not like, so bad. We're like, it wasn't so bad at all. It could be worse. <laughs> um, and so then we're, you know, and then we're waiting to see the movie, and we're sitting in the theater, and it's slowly filling up. And at one point, where it was the theater was empty, and we're just like, what is going on? Yeah, and we're, like for yeah. half an hour. It was supposed to start at ten a.m., and the theater was still empty. And then all of a sudden, the theater fills up with fills up with people. And then we sat for another half an hour, and we're like, and we had places to be, we had things to do, and we're wondering what is the delay that, bumped, that all, we bumped stand for this. Yeah, then all of a sudden, then all of a sudden we did. Then all of a sudden there's <laughs> a uh, there's a commotion, and we find out what the weight was. And Connor, what was the weight? And Chris Evans, who plays Captain America, came into the theater and thanked us all for coming and told us how excited he was and yeah. how much he hoped that Captain America would win the weekend. And yeah, it did win the weekend, and uh, so then we saw the film. Now, I <laughs> so then we saw the film. <laughs> well, we did. Basically, he walked out, and yeah, the film started. So exactly. then, before we get to the film itself, I think that it's fair to say that this was the the biggest. Um, not, Thor and Iron Man are no brainers at this point. I think Iron Man we already had the experience with it. Thor is, I think, there's crossover appeal in Thor. Captain America is very specific, very kind of goofy. This is probably the biggest question mark film. I think it's fair to say going into really? it. Really. I no, thought, going I, into going into it, I thought this was the easiest slam dunk. Yeah, I, th- I gotta I th- say, I, I thought, thought, I thought Thor too. was more. No, I think, more... I think Thor, Thor is a well-known property. Everyone knows who the Thor character is, the god mm. of thunder. Even if it's not the comic character, no. I, and I, yeah, and I, and I, this don't, is the guy I running around with American flag draped, draped all over him. This is the biggest. This, in terms of regular Joe. Public who watches the movies, this, this was the biggest question mark. I do, I disagree. I think that yeah. I think I think that the Thor. I think everyone knows Thor and knows the Norse mythology, but like the the guy with long blonde hair and the hammer. Like I the, I thought that was the going to be the biggest stretch for people to commit to. Oh, and I, and I know people, tons of people who were excited for Thor because they've known him at all their, their yeah. lives as child well, 
And that, that's possible, but I just thought gen- general public. Meanwhile, Captain America, which is like the symbol of patriotism around since World War II, the guy in the Thanksgiving Day Parade, I thought I thought general public would, in the U.S., no, I thought- At least was, here. I, yeah, at least here. I thought it would be a big question mark internationally, but in the no, U.S., I, I, I thought- I, I, yeah. I, I, right. I, No, I, I disagree completely. Okay, well, that's it's to each their own. That's fine. Yeah. Agree, agree to disagree. Whale's vagina. Move on. Um, so anyway, <laughs> so- Wow. Um, so yeah. So so going into it, I, I personally I was excited. This is the one. I mean, I really like Chris Evans, um, uh, the guy who directed The Rocketeer, which I just watched about a month ago. Directed it, Joe Johnson. So I thought it was a good director. He's, I, he's yeah. done other movies since then too. No, I know that, but I felt but I felt as if The Rocketeer had the similar time period. You know, the yep. 40s, forties, very yeah. similar tone. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. so I was very excited to see it, as as you guys were. I assume. I, I started off very hesitant. Because not because of Chris Evans, I like Chris Evans a lot. I've, I've seen him do stuff that I think is very good in all sorts of ranges. If you've ever seen Sh- Sunshine, then you know that he can sort of tackle a different kind of role than Goofy Johnny Storm. Um, <clears throat> but it was the one that it looked like a little bit of a tough sell from a sort of a costume standpoint and stuff like that. But every time we got a little more on it, I liked it a little more. You know, like from way back, finding out you know it was a World War II period movie that that you know wins me over big. And then by the time we got to whatever the last trailer was that was announced, I was like, I was very very excited uh and and i got to the point where i was actually gladly anticipating this movie which i usually which is much more positive than i usually do i just i'll wait to see Uh, so i was excited he's he's my favorite superhero so he is yes cool so uh so connor reviewed it on the site you could go to ifanboy.com and read that and connor gave it a four out of five stars we're gonna assume connor liked it Mm -hmm. Um, i did josh did you end up liking it i'm i mostly did i didn't like it as much as i wanted to but i liked it a lot okay um, I liked it more than I thought I would. How's that? Okay. Yeah, there you go. Like, so you I was, think you liked it the most of the three of us. I actually, I honestly did walk that out. And I realized that like, when I like a movie, I feel like Mike Romo, when I like a movie, I like it. You know what I mean? Like, do you that's, realize that's that? fair. Like, I go, I go full in, and I'm just like, yes, this is it. That's why when you wrote the review, I was like, oh, would you give it? And you're like four out of five stars. I remember, I was like, really? I thought, I thought you would have easily given it five stars, and then you told me why. And I was like, oh, okay, I see that. That makes sense. Yeah, I think um, Connor and I were very, very simpatico about about those reasons too. I think. Yeah, um, no, it's, it's a it's a four star movie. I mean, it's tons of fun. I saw it twice, obviously, in, in the span yeah. of weeks, so I, I clearly enjoyed it. Yeah, there were little problems here and there, but I think for the most part, especially in the second viewing, it was just as much fun. That you know, yeah, I thought it sometimes was, you sometimes you get caught in hysteria of the first time seeing it with the crowd who's into it and yeah. and all that. But the second time through, I had just as much fun, if not more. So yeah, I thought I, I thought it was great. I just thought it was great. I, um, I you know, and Captain America isn't my favorite superhero. Not that I dislike him, and not that I dislike America. I like democracy. You're a communist? I'm, I'm not. I'm not. No, nor have I ever been a member of the party. <laughs> um, you know, not, not none of that. It's just that um, for whatever reason, like, I mean, I'm not a big World War II guy, you know, like all those sort of things. But th- this, movie, this movie hit a lot of buttons for me. So let's go through what worked, what we really liked and what was, you know, and then we'll go from there. Well, um, I, I think the, the, the tale of, of the best, most successful thing about the movie right off is the cast. Yeah. Uh, Marvel nails the casting every time. Every yeah. one of their movies. Yeah, it's like it's like a Pixar movie. Yeah. You know, like every little sort of character in it is sort of the perfect, not giant star, but somebody who's just really good for what they were in. And this one, God, uh, short of uh, maybe even better than Iron Man, this might have the best cast out of all of them, which yeah. is from, from Chris Evans, who I thought, you know, I, I had no complaints about Chris Evans whatsoever. He was perfect. Even as scrawny uh, Steve Rogers, he was great. I thought. It, yeah. And uh, and that, I mean, that's a high water mark as far as effects. I even love that he had a stuff. slight Brooklyn accent. In the yeah. Movie. Oh yeah, that uh, was great. How did they uh, do the scrawny Steve Rogers? By the way, magic. I, uh, that yeah. looked that looked really convincing. It really did. It I completely forgot about like, it. Like yeah. Tom Hanks in Castaway. 
Yeah, yeah. And, and walked back. around on his knees. And the hobbits. They were like, they were like, can you do Christian Bale's thing? And he was like, yeah. I yeah, just, I just wanted him once to go Gandalf <laughs> and uh, hug somebody. You know, and uh, Tommy Lee Jones. I think we can here's, all all. Here's the thing about Tommy Lee Jones. Everybody was raving about Tommy Lee Jones. Don't get me wrong. I love Tommy Jones. Tommy Lee Jones, even in his bloated state as he is now. Um, but everyone's oh. like, oh, oh, he was amazing. But he wasn't different than any other Tommy Lee Jones. Like you know what I mean? Like I feel that's, as if he was doing Tommy Lee Jones, which is that's great. I love him. Yeah. No. Yeah. No. Yeah. When you say Tommy Lee Jones, I think No Country for Old Men, and that is not what was in this movie. Oh no! When I say Tommy Lee Jones, I, I think Men in Black. I think um, uh, what was the other, what was the other uh, um, authoritative, definitive, you know, smooth, you know, uh, confident. You know, what I mean, that's what exactly See, what he was. I don't think of him as a comedy guy, and yeah. so that was one of the reasons I was actually really impressed because he was very dry. Oh, I don't think he was a comedy guy either. Okay, he was very funny in this movie. He was a comic relief. Yeah, he yes. was actually, yeah, yeah. Um. I thought that was a lot of fun. Uh, I I love uh, what's her name, Peggy Haley Carter. Haley Atwell. Yeah, Haley was. Atwell. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, I became a big fan of hers on uh, Pillars of the Earth, the miniseries. I'm sure no one watched. <laughs> oh, the fu- the fugitive. Like that's what I think of with Tommy Lee Jones. That's what I was thinking of. You know. Uh-huh. Uh, but anyway, right. Um, I thought the dude who played Bucky looked like a freaking Jack Kirby drawing. Sebastian yeah. Stan. Yeah, that was great. Um, uh, yeah, the cast, and of course... Uh, Hugo Weaving. Hugo Weaving, yeah, as, as Red Skull was awesome. So. As doing uh, Werner Herzog as Red Skull. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yeah, the cast... Which ca- is wonderful. The casting was definitely great. Um, oh, Artem Zola. Yeah, although that guy was too little, but yeah, that guy was perfect. Uh, yeah. That, yeah, but that guy, the, that little sort of first shot of him yeah. in, the, in the screen, and, and also he played Karl Rove, so I just find that funny. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so and Tucci, Tucci, we can't oh, Tucci was exactly. great. Tucci was excellent. Um, the, I love. There's always one moment in the movie when when we see stuff together that we always laugh at that nobody else laughed at. It's when Tucci said they lived off Utopia Parkway and we all laughed. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Queen's joke. <laughs> the Queen's joke is always good. Uh, <laughs> Utopia Parkway. Um, but yeah, so it was great. It was um, the casting was really really strong. I thought the look. And the settings was strong. Like the Brooklyn sequences were great. Um, I thought the World War II stuff, like it had that, it had that gray filter. You know what I mean? Like it looked like a, it looked appropriate. Like the visual look of the movie was was um, appropriate. Um, this, so that's sort of where, like, uh, this is where I started to fall off a little bit. I, I believe that for the first act or so, and then as they started getting further into all the Hydra stuff, it started to look a little too modern for I me. See, I, I would have liked if they stuck with that. Sort of World War II, even if the tech was was stuff that didn't exist then, and 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 a lot of yeah. it was like I can buy that. But as they started getting to that very smooth metal stuff, I was like, they got aliens helping them. What's going on here? Yeah, that's a good the Marvel Universe stuff. If you look back at those old oh. Kirby World War II comics, they had yeah. they had laser guns and they had tech like that too. Yeah. No, and I know, and I, and I tried to buy. That. I'm just talking about aesthetically. I would have liked yeah. it to look a little more period-y. Fair enough. Um, I thought the the World's Fair sequence was one of my favorite because it had a. I love the New York World's Fair, just the concept of it, but. Um, um, B, it had uh, or or the the idea of the World's Fair. It wasn't exactly the World's Fair, but it was the whatever. And I love that it had Howard Stark doing what Tony was doing in Iron Man Two. Yep. <laughs> you know, like on stage, you know, with the ladies showing off the technology. The quick, the Easter egg in that in that scene, where just very quickly you see the Human Torch in the glass cylinder. Like I yelped, Connor. Right, you yeah. were sitting next yeah. to me. Like I was like, oh my god, <laughs> so, the synthetic like, man. I, yeah, exactly. I thought that I thought that the nods to 
fan service, I guess, the little continuity things, the stuff for Marvel Comics fans in this were very subtle. Yep. And I really liked that. As yes. opposed to other times where they're shoving it in your face. Like having Artem Zola pop up like like that in a little screen and then just I mean, you wouldn't ever notice that costume. It yep. was so subtle and so so uh, like not in your face the the Human Torch I thought it was, that was really it was, it was straight up his costume too yeah no it should have yeah, and yeah. it even said Phineas with the name of the guy who like yeah. presents you know like and it was in it was the it was the exact same shot from Marvels and from all yep. the other you know kind of retellings of that and it, it was great um, yeah I mean that that was like kind of one of my favorite little moments of it um, so yeah so I I really enjoyed that I thought the um, the USO sequence with Captain America. Um, so basically, what happens is that Steve Rogers get the powers, but then they then they use him to as a promotional piece. I thought it was really great and a lot of fun, but went on a little longer than I thought it should have or would have. Uh, I didn't, yeah, people yeah. talk about that, but when I saw it again with that yeah. in mind, it was it was under five minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it didn't go long, long at all. I thought yeah. it was, if anything, think, was one of the most exciting parts of the. Oh no! Don't get me wrong. I I, I, enjoy, I enjoyed it. Don't get me wrong. Like I thought it ran long, and it was other things. As I'm watching, I'm like, wow, they're really doing this. They're really going for it. But like, I loved it. I thought it was hysterical. I, I thought it was. I think the reason that it felt like it ran long is probably because it's sort of painful to watch in a way. Yeah, because you're there and you're like, "This is Captain America. He should be out punching Nazis," and he's not. You're just like, "Oh, get on with it!" But at the same time, I liked it. I, you know, actually, if you want to talk about sort of a fan service thing, one of the things I really, really liked about that whole sequence, and this is like the controversial sequence of the whole thing. This is the people who think say does does or doesn't belong. Uh, but for me, it made total sense. Be and it also let us let us see what the costume would look like in real life. So yeah, if there's can, anybody out there who's like, "Oh, they should have done his real costume," like, no, this is what it would look like, and it's dumb. Yeah. You know, in, in real life. And I, I thought that was a really nice way to sort of just get a glimpse at him. Yeah, no, I think I think the whole arc and then, you know, after the USO part, he he is shamed in front of real soldiers. Yeah. And then decides he's going to enact a rescue mission because Bucky, his friend Bucky from Brooklyn and his some of his fellow soldiers have been ca- captured by Hydra. So he goes in. That's that's basically when he becomes Captain America, which was for, awesome, for real. which was great. Like that whole keep, that whole sequence, yeah. like grabbing the helmet and like just you know you know pu- pulling together a, a, a uniform off what he could grab at, at the camp, and then just going in by himself, and then with the scene when they came back with all the soldiers and everybody started like I, I was I got a little choked up. That was good. That was that, that was yeah. the example of what he could be and what he would become. Yeah, I, th- I think that. Um for me, one of the things I really liked about it was the tone, and that 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 sequence of the USO thing plays into it. Is that it was just a little lighter. It was a little. I don't want to say hokey because I because that's negative. But there's uh there's a there's a positive way to do that. And I just think it was a little bit more upbeat and fun and just a little unrealistic in a way that for some movies doesn't work, but for this one worked really well. Yep. yep. Uh, and I think that it offset what would be goofiness if they tried to take it too seriously. Um, and yeah, so I mean, I really, you, at the end of the day, you can't do Band of Brothers with a guy in a blue suit. Yeah. So you got to yes, have a little bit exactly. of that, goof, that tone that realizes you're still in the Marvel Universe yep. or the Marvel Ultimate Universe or whatever universe you're in. Yep. You can have Buck Compton, though, in a, in a bowler hat. <laughs> That's you know what I realized years. is that um, through, through the second time through is almost no one is actually named in the movie. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I realized never that. Heard, you never, he was never called Dum Dum Dug. Red Skull was called Red Skull once in yeah. passing. Sort of. Um, none, of the, none, of the, none of the Howling Commandos were named, nor were they called the Howling Commandos. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was just very interesting that people's hard, names were hardly ever used. They, they got around that very deftly because we all knew who they were. Right. And, yeah. And, and we all just, those Howling Commandos had names. You know, you know, you know and what's so funny is that like it's almost like the comics, you know, where like you fill in the gaps. 
like mm-hmm. you know what happens in between the panels in a comic, and that's just how we read comics. Yet in my head, I know that Dum Dum Dug and I got all excited, even though they never said, "Hey, Dum Dum," you know what I mean? Like they didn't. And so, like maybe that's a clever way around it, and like giving us what we want, but also not making it so that average Joe needs to know. You know, like well, that's one of the things that's interesting about if 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 people ask me about these comic book movies that don't know anything about it, I kind of have a hard time giving them an honest representation sometimes because like I have context for everything that people don't tend to yeah, have. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, so I can only judge it based off that, and so it's funny because. I, if I was somebody else, I might be like, boy, they really didn't spend any time getting to know any of those those guys on Steve's team, but I know them all, so I don't need that. Right, yeah, yeah. He ultimately didn't really need to know them for no, the story. The story was all about yeah. Steve's journey anyway. And as we get to the, the last act of the film is where I some of the problems I had, which were very, in the whole minor, uh, but did keep it from being, you know. A perfect film. Perfect, and, I, and still, I think probably Thor was overall more enjoyable film. Yeah, but. Well, basically, the way I've described it to people, I've been talking about it since we got back from San Diego. I thought Captain America was great, and it was like one or two clicks under Thor. Yeah. You know, in terms yeah, of. In terms they're of all that. great films. They're all great I films. Love- yeah, no, but I thought Thor, like, like, and what I assume we're going to talk about coming up now. But they're like, I didn't have any plot problems with Thor. Like, I liked yes. how everything went. But there's one major kind of thing with Cap that I was like, oh, that I didn't really love, which is basically the Bucky's death. Um, you yes. know, the, the way they handled that. I thought that was a little not how I would have done it. You know, there was so basically Cap comes back, saves Bucky. They 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 form the Howling Commando team. They go off on missions. And in the midst of one of the missions to, to actually capture Arnim Zola, Bucky dies on a train uh, in, in fighting Hydra. And it, not only did it sort of come out of nowhere, it, it sort of underlined the fact that there was no real solid relationship between Cap and Bucky portrayed in the film. So that people with context understand why it's a big deal, but in the no, film no, itself. I disagree with that. I feel as if the scenes when Bucky went off to, at the at the fair, when Bucky was going off, like I got I got the establishment that they were close and they were friends, and in the the combination of the you know before Steve becomes the super soldier, when Bucky goes off to the war, and then when Cap saves Bucky, and then they're putting together the team, and he in the bar when he's like, "You gonna be a part of it?" He's like, "Of course," you know. I got the sense of that relationship, but what got me about it was that it just seemed like because then they used the Bucky death as motivation for Cap to lead the team to do a full frontal assault on Hydra, which then leads to the plane taking off and everything else that happens. And I was like, they would have done that anyway. Yeah. Like, I didn't feel yeah. as if the Bucky death was the thing that, mo- like, Cap's like, you know, we're going to, you know, we're going to, you know, the, 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 like, it, you, you gave the, you gave them, you know, like, when Tommy Lee Jones is questioning Armzola, it's like, well, you know, you killed his best friend and now you gave him a reason to go after your guy. It's like, it, they're doing it anyway because they're stopping evil. Mm-hmm. And you then, mean taking over the world wasn't motivation? Yeah, enough. exactly. And then, and then later on, you have in the Hydra headquarters the big fight and the fight with Red Skull and the plane takes off. They're going to drop bombs on New York. Like, that's enough of a motivation. Mm-hmm. But then you had the sequence where Cap and Bucky could have came in and the, the bomb goes off and Bucky could have wrote it and that and you could have stayed true to the comic and still gotten to the same place in the movie in yeah. my mind yeah, yeah. and it, it, it's actually one of those places where like it had to happen yeah because, exactly but if it but if it hadn't you know one way or another it wouldn't matter right and well, I don't no, I th- no, I think, they I think, could, but they could have even kept them alive. It wouldn't have mattered because it's not where, it's because of where they're going. Yeah, exactly. Because there's I a think, clear I place think... to where they're going. There is an Avengers movie coming up, and, and this is where it sort of went for me. Is that at a certain point, you know, like in the as the third act is going, I I found myself kind of bored because I was like, well, I know what's going to happen now, and yeah. and they had to drive towards that that point, and 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 basically when the plane starts to go down, I was like, why does he have to die with it? Yeah, he's a super soldier. He could jump out. Like he'd be, he'd be okay. But he just because he was making himself. sure he yeah. had to make yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I, I know. But it was very, it was very, well, tit- he, it was very Titanic esque. He died. He died in the same no. way that Thor died in Star Wars. I mean Star Trek. Um, Thor. 
Thor played Kirk's father oh. in Star Trek. Oh, uh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Six degrees. Yeah, it's like, whoa. Make it, yeah, in the, in the new Star Trek, making sure the ship does. I understand that. I'm fine with yeah. it. But it was like, yeah, I agree with you. Like, I knew, like, and they hinted, the movie opens with them in the present day finding the ship and finding something, and then you see the shield frozen, and then you see the whole story, and that brings us back to the present, which is great because that, we know that's the way it was going, but very much like, you know, like Titanic, the boat was going to sink. We knew that was going to happen, you know? So, yeah. yeah. And that was, that was the other main problem I had in my review when I talked about it was that Josh felt like Thor was very much an opening chapter, yep. and I, I didn't agree with that so much with Thor, but I agreed with that with Cap. It, didn't, it felt like we were just trying to get Cap to the Avengers movie, which yep. was fine, but it was just less of an overall story being told, yep. Yep. whereas just get Cap to the, to the frozen part. And actually, watching it again, he doesn't crash the ship into the water, which would lead to the flash freezing. He crashes on the land, and then it slowly sinks into the water, which yeah. is where I assume he would drown. yeah. Instead of flash freezing, but I noticed they never showed him frozen in the ice. Yeah, yeah, it was like kind of a, yeah. yeah, they left that really open, and you know, what I mean, like we never actually Not, saw the cap in the block of ice. Which, by the way, when you think about it, is preposterous. Yes. Like, <laughs> oh, absolutely. And that that might be why. Yeah, they wouldn't have story. No, it's an iconic image, though. It's preposterous. Yeah. We didn't see it. I think that that you know, it's one of the iconic Marvel Comics images is finding Cap in that block of ice. Yeah. And the fact that they didn't even – not even a vague outline of a person in a block of ice. We just – they just glossed right over it, yeah. uh, which of course leads to him being found in the future um, and in the Avengers. But I actually really thought the last scene with Peggy and Cap on the, ma- on the, on the radio was actually really sort of emotional. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Really I really strong, was, I thought. Yeah, yeah I mean a lot – yeah, I, I, thought, I thought I really liked their relationship. I liked the subtlety of it. It was very 1940s. It was, you know, like, you know, we – you know, there's an attraction there, but they're working together and all that sort of thing. And when Cap – when the floozy, you know, tried to kiss Cap and, and she caught him, like, you, you, like it felt very much like almost like a Frank Capra movie. You know yeah. what I mean in that regard, and I, and I think that was a good, a good thing. Um, I liked it in the future, you know, where they they tried to make it appear as if he was in the forties, and he just saw right through that. And then the scene, then he at the very end, he run, runs out into Times Square and like that. Although I can't imagine Shield would be in Times Square. Well, it's like it's like how they put the raft right there. Like that was that's a bad move. Yeah. You know, listen, you get your supervillains escape. You don't want them to be able to get the queens. Yeah. You don't want that. So now, so now the other the other complaint I had the movie about the movie, which which I imagine you'll probably jump all over me about, but um, the 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 credit sequence. Um, was essentially a a a button. Don't or, say or, it, or, or, or something else um, <laughs> to promote the the, the event. It was good, fellas. Don't say it. Don't say it. But basically, Bing. basically, it was you know a, a promo for the next movie, which don't get me wrong, was exciting and was fun to see. Except that, and it was almost like you know, like you know, like a trailer. But um, um, I just bothered me that unlike the other credit sequences. All the other credits because the other movies have helped move the story along a very little bit, yeah. And that that one didn't. Other than other than other than Nick Fury and Captain America talking about a mission or whatever, like. But it didn't. It felt like a commercial. It didn't feel like a moving the story forward. And I was like, oh well, you know, it was cool to yeah. see. Don't get me wrong, but like Thor had the little bit of Loki, and at the end of Hulk with with Stark and all every every one of them moved a little far, forward. So I don't know. Anyway. I gotta tell you, Joss Whedon has his work cut out for him. Yeah, he does. Because that is a, a, a sh- because every one of these movies have com- sort of complaints in that I could you know the the star itself can take up the whole thing, 
And that's going to be hard to feel like somebody's not going to get left behind. And I, that I movie's feel like, going to be either the greatest thing ever or a yeah. huge disaster. <laughs> know, yeah. well, either that, Jeremy Renner is probably walking away disappointed. Is what I'm <laughs> well, I mean, we'll see how disappointed when they, when they launch the Hawkeye movie after it. But, yeah. <laughs> but um, Scarlett yeah. Johansson's going to be like, why am I here? Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I got to admit, though, it looks like it's the kind of thing where I don't believe would actually happen. It's not. Well, I mean, it, it's it, you can't beat seeing them sitting around a table, and yeah. there's a shot in there that I looked for specifically the second time of Cap and Tony Stark and Thor sitting at a table together. I, and you just go, "Oh fuck, this yeah. is really happening." Yeah, I know I exactly. It's <laughs> I, I didn't get to see it. Yeah. Oh right, yeah, sorry. Ah, yeah, yeah. it's okay. It's all right. Anyway, I had to go. Yeah, we push things. It's blame Chris Evans. So uh, <laughs> I don't think it's his fault. He's like, "Where do I go?" And they just grab his elbow. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, so uh, yeah, so all in all, I mean, like I said, I loved it. I loved it in the moment. I want to see it again. I will see it again. Um, I, I still think Thor was slightly the better movie, um, but you're talking like for me a matter of inches. So mm-hmm. yeah, no, they're yeah. both they're both wildly entertaining. I think yeah. you take one two punch of the summer. It's a good summer for Marvel. I just had to yeah. la- I just had to laugh at the the at Hollywood press. The, the you know Captain America takes the weekend. New franchise established. Really. New? Sorry. Yeah, you know, like already. <laughs> I know. We've 1940. One. You know, been around for a while. Yeah, it's pretty the much movie franchise. Though. I know. So I know. I know what they meant. <laughs> what's interesting is if you look at the, the box office now. Originally, they said that Cap had outgrossed Thor, uh, which it ended up did not, did but not. just by like a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. But um, it did really well. It's up to eighty million dollars as we record this. But what's funny enough is. Ninety-six percent of that's in the U.S. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Three um, percent is foreign, and if you look at Thor, it did sixty percent of its business in the foreign. Well, Th- yeah, Thor because the Thor, yeah, and, that, and that's the, that's your argument earlier, Connor, where, where the Thor Norse legend I think connects with people in Europe and stuff like that, whereas the whole Nazi thing not really popular in Germany. It's so. not that as much as the America part. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that's it's a loaded thing. It's yeah, not. Yeah, depending on where you are. Yeah. Uh. Well, anyway, Either way, this is this is a good summer for Marvel. They can pat themselves on the back for their movies. Whereas, uh, yep, was there another superhero movie this summer? No, it wasn't. <laughs> so, all right, cool. So then, so the next one up is uh, Cowboys and Aliens, uh, which we're going to see and and talk about at some point. So you can expect getting that. great reviews. I'm excited. Yeah, for yeah it. I'm very excited for it as well. So uh, yeah, such a be a good one. But yeah, Cap- I mean, applause to Marvel. They as far you know, as of right now, between Captain America, Thor, and X Men, you know, like I'm hard. Those are my those are my top my top three. Of the summer x-men thor captain america right now Do you know how hard it was like we used to talk about who would play captain america yeah. and it was one of the hardest games yeah because nobody seemed right and when they cast this guy most most of the immediate fan reaction which is you know sort of normal just was like no no he pulled and, it off he pulled it off and he, he really did pull it off and I, I i think that for me the very best part of the movie uh, is it was just watching him be Cap in the beginning and then turn into him and become him, and that, that part was so cool. That yep. that see, that's I liked this a little more than Thor, just for me personally. But I, okay. I think that's that's a real success on its own. So all right, great. So uh, head over to ifanboy.com where you can read uh, Connor's review of the movie as well as everybody's discussion and thoughts of it, and go to the post and tell if you haven't yet, tell everybody what you thought of the movie and all that fun stuff. And uh, follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash ifanboy, and email us at contact at ifanboy.com. And uh, yay, America. Uh, hopefully my voice comes back someday (laughs) jeez USA until Cowboys and Aliens I'm Connor I'm Ron and we'll probably talk to you on a podcast before that too I'm Josh when Captain America throws his mighty shield all those who chose to oppose his shield must yield 
to. You are listening to the iFanboy Pick Luke podcast episode. <laughs> Fuck! <laughs> wow. I blacked out there for a second. <laughs> wow. Wow. That wasn't even a joke. That was genuine. All right. I, I just realized what it was that you'd messed up because I hadn't figured it out. <laughs> I was like, yeah. What was wrong about that? I've been more Pick of the Week podcast. What? Why don't you just tell me the name of the podcast you're recording? <laughs>